Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Season 10 is here, Butler. Double digits, baby. Calm down. I'm just excited to talk about our whole new slate of films this upcoming season. We've got a Shakespearean adaptation set in the 70s in the world of fast food with Scotland, PA. We're also taking on two sequels to highly popular films in U.S. Marshals and 2010, The Year We Make Contact. But I know you're more excited about our third annual Forgotten Horror. It's my favorite time of the year, recording October episodes in the dog days of August. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to an extra special, fantabulous, great, wonderful, amazing, celebrational, televational, vocalizational you're, episode you're losing it. of Cracking One Open. <laughs> <laughs> it is our, what One, is it? 100th, 100th episode. Woo! Woo-woo! <laughs> So welcome to episode 100. We made it triple digits. Triple oh, digits. Yeah. We are statistically much further than most podcasts out there. That's right. Most podcasts don't get this far. So to celebrate, we're going to drink some beer on the podcast. I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. We don't really have a special episode planned for you. No, I mean, but this I found a special be beer. Oh, did you? Kind of. Oh, that's awesome. For you. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm interested now. I actually have I actually have no idea what you chose this week. I don't even have a that's hint this true. week. I didn't even get a peek at the can. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. We will have some special episodes coming up though in the it's next uh, few weeks because we're going to Universal. And we're going to do whoop some whoop. beers of Universal episodes where we talk about some of those beers. So mm-hmm. that's pretty neat. And uh, keep an eye out for that. Plus then. all of our posts about all the different beers we get to drink as we trek throughout the resort. Oh yeah, we'll definitely do posts and stories and stuff like that showing off so, a lot of the beer in the parks. Yeah, that'll be the first week of October, basically. Mm-hmm. Much excite. Oh yeah. <laughs> but until then. Until then. What's our hundredth beer? <laughs> Technically it's more than hundred beers because we've had our six pack series episodes as well. That's also true. But aside from that technicality, this week we are cracking open everything's coming up pineapple. Yes! (laughs) A New England style IPA from Millhouse Brewing Company, which is located in Poughkeepsie, New York. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) So we actually covered another beer from Millhouse last year, a cold one. But at that time, we already knew about the brewery because our sister-in-law told us about this particular rotational series. Everything's coming up blank because they they change the fruit for each iteration of this brew. And she knows your deep love of everything Simpsons. So when I finally saw this pop up at our local store, it was just a no brainer, like right in the basket. So 
The brewmasters for Millhouse, Jamie and Larry, are friends that go all the way back to fifth grade, and their passion for craft beer started when one of their wives got them a homebrew kit a long time ago. Was it a Mr. Beer homebrew kit? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> In the first three years that Millhouse Brewing Co. was open, they brewed over 35 distinct beers and claimed that they never dumped an ounce of it. One of the brewmasters, Jamie, said, quote, if we start a fire, we let it burn. Hopefully we end up with something brilliant, end quote, which made me kind of curious, like on average, how much beer gets dumped when like something goes wrong or it's not according to plan like do you, you just have to trash the whole thing and start over again or can you fix it or look at dockside before we told them we loved the fruit stripe beer that's true they, they were, were gonna they dump were ready it to they were dump gonna it. trash it that's pretty crazy and it became one of their like best sellers for the summer yeah but they were gonna dump that whole tank it must happen quite often especially when you do experimental stuff yeah look at area two i mean they have that's all experimental. Yeah. And think about all the crazy stuff they make. How much of that just do they age for six months in a barrel and mm -hmm. go, well, we made it, we brewed it, we aged it. Time to empty it and dump it because it is not good. Ah, that sucks. I'm sure. I mean, as experienced as they are at two roads slash area two, I'm sure there's been a, at least a few that are like, this is a little too weird. Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure no brewery wants to admit it, but I'm sure they end up dumping a bunch. Yeah. So since 2013, brewmasters Jamie and Larry have led Millhouse to become a major player in the explosive craft beer scene coming out of the Hudson Valley, striving for a perfect balance of art and science. In 2016, they expanded and relocated down the road to an almost 8,000 square foot facility in order to accommodate a 20 um, BBL system, which just refers to the amount of barrels of beer that they can brew at one time. And 20 BBLs is a lot of beer. One barrel alone is 31 gallons. And I think we did the math out on some other episode where that's like 200 plus pint servings or something. Mm -hmm. um, so Millhouse Brewing Co. has some pretty interesting and unique offerings, quite a few of which have won awards. Some of their year-round beers include a Cucumber cream ale, a scotch ale, which is right up your alley, mm -hmm. an American stout, uh, as well as the beer that we covered last year, Cold One, which is their award-winning seasonal Kolsch. It took home the bronze medal at Tap New York Craft Beer Fest in 2016, um, but I'm not sure if that was part of a specific category or just like overall. It was over a year ago that we did Millhouse already? Uh, yeah, last summer. Wow. Mm-hmm. But Tap New York is the largest craft beer festival in the state in the number of brewers attending. So that's still pretty impressive either way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so everything's coming up. Pineapple clocks in at 7% ABV, has an IBU rating of 19 and should be served between 45 and 50 degrees. Ooh. The IBU rating has me very intrigued. It's very low, especially for an IPA. So this might be a very chill beer. According to Millhouse, the beer was made without boiling hops. They only used dry hopping by adding four pounds of hops per barrel to, quote, create a tropical explosion that is further accentuated by conditioning on pineapples. Four pounds of hops per what? Per barrel. That's what I thought you said. That's a lot of hops. That's a lot <laughs> of hops. 
Also, I think dry hopping is just kind of becoming the main, like the thing. Yeah, because it, it just gives more flavor, like more pop of flavor. Without the wasted crap in the, yeah. the beer and the absorption, like we talked about in another episode, the absorption rate yeah, of the wet the, hops. Yeah, all the vegetal waste. So it's only the lapulin, it's only the inside stuff that's really giving you that flavor. So all that green stuff is just going to some of your beer. Yep. You've essentially got sponges. You got those little T-Rex things where it looks like an egg and you put it in <laughs> yeah, water. Yeah, the little over pills. That Imagine that. Yeah. But it's sucking up all that water because of that. That's true. It's not like anyone's like squeezing the beer out of it afterwards. Yeah. And it doesn't turn into a fun little shape in bath boy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> all right. So the hops used in this beer include El Dorado. Kohatu and Denali. And the malts used include Pilsner, white wheat oats, and honey malt. So, first up, we've got El Dorado hops, which were released in 2010 and feature a uniquely fruity flavor profile, including tropical fruit, pineapple, and mango, in addition to having desirable bittering and aromatic properties. Aromas include pear, watermelon, stone fruit, and candy. But we have never experienced the watermelon before. That's true. Yeah, we were talking about that. Uh, Combine this with the fact that it has high alpha acids, good storage stability, and high yields. And El Dorado is a really outstanding commercial variety of hops. What about its cohumulon? Cohumulon. Um, but And besides that, its name was inspired by the fabled city paved with gold because the hops themselves have a golden dust of Lapulin inside. Next up, we have Kohatu hops. Kohatu, which means stone or rock in Maori, was released at the same time as Waiiti hops in 2011. They're named after the small town of Kohatu, which is nestled by the Motueka River. Southwest of Nelson, New Zealand. Ah. <laughs> so Kohatu is not quite as fruity as Waiiti, but uh, with its intense aroma of tropical fruit and freshly crushed pine needles, it adds a wonderfully fresh character to, to the beer. It's also a descendant of Hallertau Mittelfra, uh, which is where Kohatu gets its high humulone oil content from which contributes to its woodsy and resinous character and kohatu this is the first time we've done kohatu it is the first time we've done kohatu but we have talked about waiiti before yes okay and finally we have denali hops which i've heard of before but again we've never talked about them here and we've had denali hops absolutely in beer before okay yeah, yeah. at least at two roads yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Denali was originally bred by Hopsteiner, which is one of the largest and oldest hop farms in the world. I know I've been mentioning it for a while, but mm -hmm. this is the first time that I've actually got like kind of a history on it a little bit. Um, they've been in the hop industry since 1845 and continually released some of the most sought after varieties of hops. They recently released some experimental and proprietary hops like Lemon Drop, Calypso mm. and Eureka. <laughs> so Denali hops come from a cross of a few different hops. Its lineage is 50% Nugget, 25% Zeus, and 25% USDA 19058, which is apparently known for creating healthy, vigorous offspring with high alpha acids and has also found its way into many of Hopsteiner's most successful hop releases. We have had beers with that hop in it before. We've had beers with that hop relative, right? Nugget and Zeus, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those, but the uh, code name one. Yeah, that that's what they're saying is like there's at least like 
a little bit of that lineage in a lot of hops uh, specifically yeah. to make it a healthier, like more hearty, hearty hop. crop. Yeah. Because I remember you talking about that before and yeah. being like, give it a name. <laughs> <laughs> hearty boy. So Denali is also nicknamed Nuggetzilla <laughs> for its similarity to, but much stronger expression of the fruity side of the spicy fruit coin that is nugget. Oh. So Denali is noted for its strong pineapple and citrus, particularly lemon profile with subtler hints of stone fruit and whispers of resin and spice. It's a dual purpose hop that brings bold aromas and flavors because of its high oil content, making it a great addition to IPAs, pale ales, saisons, and even wild ales. So it's like the mosaic of hops for that, for nugget. Kind of, yeah. Because <laughs> mosaic is citron on steroids, so uh, nugget. Is nuggetzilla. Is nuggetzilla. <laughs> Denali is nuggetzilla. Denali is nuggetzilla. <laughs> Although I like citrazilla. It should just be called Zilla. Yeah. Something on steroids. It's kind of the best nickname. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, that's what I got. What about the wheats and malts? No hey, information on those? Not really. There's just know. not a lot out there. I do appreciate that they gave us what they are, though. Yes. So thank you, Millhouse. It they, seemed, they it gave seems us like everything. that's, but they did the same thing. If you recall on the cold one can, they had the, the serving temperature, the IBU, all that kind of. The only thing you're missing is the SRM, <laughs> which is more informative than the. IBU, IBU so that's all basically opinion. Yeah. Although I'm curious to see what I have in mind, what the color of this beer is. So mm -hmm. we'll see if it matches what's in my brain. That's true. Also, this episode better be fucking filled with Millhouse quotes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's drink this beer. Let's drink it. All right. Now that you're singing the, the Simpsons mm -hmm. theme song and everything, <laughs> are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> Whoa, that's full. That is full. But it didn't explode. Well, I smelled this pineapple when oh, I opened it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much the color I expected. Uh, Yep, spot on. Oh, man. Your cup is taller than mine. I still have some left over. I am getting so much pineapple right off the top. So when we did our editing magic and pause before I, as I grabbed the beers, <laughs> I also played with my dog for like... A few minutes to let the beers kind of get to 45, 50 degrees. So yeah. this is, this should be the quote unquote ideal, the ideal temperature. Now. temperature. This should be where we should be at. As you drink out of your Simpsons themed glass. That's right. <laughs> and guess who's on it? Millhouse is on it as well. He's one of the characters. Uh, this is the perfect 100th episode beer. Oh, you're about to drink before we cheers. No, I was switching on the hands. Episode. Oh, okay. Cheers. Cheers. Holy, Holy pineapple. Crap. That is so smooth. So pineapple-y. Am I buying another pour pack of this? <laughs> oh my God. Insert happy Millhouse quote here. <laughs> okay. You'll have to tell me which one. <laughs> I'll find some choice quotes. <laughs> Does Otto always have two different colored shoes? Yeah. I never noticed that. Because he's always in the bus, so he's always got his feet down. Yeah. So you don't usually see him with his full body. Okay. No, I don't feel bad. <laughs> Proud of you for knowing his name is Otto, though. You've learned. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> for those that might not know, <laughs> I have a Simpsons obsession. 
most know of my other obsessions of other genres and TV shows and mm-hmm. movies, especially if you listen to Forgotten Cinema, which is another podcast I do. That's true. But one I don't bring up very often, at least outside of the home, is my obsession with The Simpsons, which is probably actually my greatest obsession. Probably. I mean, how do you feel about it surpassing your obsession with Star Wars and Star Trek, though? Ooh, I don't know. It's definitely on the same level. That's yeah. the thing. It's definitely like low key on the same level. Yep. Which most people don't know. But my Simpsons love is up there with everything else. <laughs> I just don't like I keep it bottled up inside. Which like I don't understand because there's just as many fans of the Simpsons as there are. You'd be surprised. I just don't like dealing with people who go, oh, oh yeah, I liked it for the first 10 years or the oh. first 50. It's like, get out of here. <laughs> Everything's got ups and downs and, you know, ebbs and flows, but. Yeah, it's been on for 30 years. Give it a fucking break. Of course, there's going to be some off seasons. It's not on for 30 something years because it's bad. They wouldn't keep renewing it and putting so much money into the animation if it wasn't working. Yeah. There are some fans who prefer the newer seasons. I'm not one of them. I prefer like the classic episodes, but some of the newer episodes are great. Was it two years ago? There's an episode where I literally Mm -hmm. just spit take on the TV. Yep. We had had to watch the TV. But yeah, but enough about The Simpsons and more about The Simpsons. The beer. Beer. It is pineapple-y. Uh, did you say it was smooth? Or what did I you think say so. it was? Yeah, did smooth. You say smooth? I think, well, in terms of like carbonation, it's a very nice light carbonation. It is a very nice light carbonation, but I feel it's, like the pineapple gives it a citrus kind of burn to it. Not a burn, oh, yeah. but a citrus kind of like, a I'm definitely going to need a heartburn pill after this. <laughs> Well, I think that might also have to do with the hops that I was talking about that have the the lemon, citrusy, lemony note. Mm-hmm. I think that was the Kohatu, if I'm not mistaken. But this beer does have actual pineapple in it. Yes, it's conditioned on pineapple. Right. So this is this is different than all those other beers where we're like, oh, pineapple is the main note. What's interesting about this beer is pineapple is the main note because it's because pineapple. pineapple. But what's also interesting is how close it is still. To those beers where pineapple is the main yeah. note. That's how crazy some hops are. Yeah. Like That's a really good point. If you didn't tell me that this w- had pineapple in it, I would just think it's the hops in it. And then it's you'd true. have to say, no, it's actually got pineapple juice in it. Yeah. Which, I mean, kudos to them in that. I mean, not not that pineapple is particularly overly sweet. It, d- it does still have a slight tang to it, naturally. Mm-hmm. But this doesn't taste like a an overly sweet IPA. It's not even though it's seven percent, I feel like it's not treading on like double IPA territory or anything like that. No, it's definitely stronger. You can kind of taste that as you drink it, but yeah, it's definitely not double IPA. The sweetness is natural, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of that resin quality with the the hops. Mm-hmm. Uh especially the uh nugget zilla. <laughs> oh Denali. Denali, especially with the Denali hops. You get a lot of that resiny kind of ness um, on the back, yeah. And the pineapple juice gives you some sweetness up front, but no more than like a fruit juice. In yeah. fact, probably a little less than than fruit juice. It's a little watered down, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say it's overly sweet. As someone yeah. who is super sensitive to anything that's too sweet, this is definitely not too sweet. Yeah. As a bitter old man, <laughs> that's a lie. I'm not, I'm not old. But I do like bitter things. <laughs> I've never had a sweet tooth. 
in my entire life. It's true. I'm the kid who always had his Halloween candy at Easter and then at Easter had his Halloween candy at Halloween. I've had to throw away Easter candy the following Easter for him. Yeah, I just don't do well with sweets. No. It's just not my thing. So, whereas for me, it's an accomplishment if my Halloween candy lasts more than like two or three weeks. <laughs> yeah, not me. I like candy every once in a while, but yeah, not a lot of it. Never been a big sweet tooth guy, which is why beer is great for me. <laughs> but that's also why I'm sensitive to the sweetness of beer. And this is definitely not overly sweet. Mm-hmm. Now, could I drink a bunch of these at once? Not at <sighs> once, but like multiple servings. Like maybe, if I went to a restaurant. I yes, would say I'll maybe two. But yeah, I don't I don't know that this is definitely is not a beer that I could drink all night. Not just because of the ABV, but because of it's like it's got a bit of weight to it. Yeah. Heft. It's got a bit of that. That sweetness is still there, even though it's not like obnoxious. It's still a little sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was outside, though, and it was super hot. This would be refreshing. Maybe I could have a second one. I love the pineapple. I love that it's real pineapple. I love that extra little hang you get at the end of each bite yep. or each sip rather the color is this nice golden color it's it yeah glows almost it uh, is it's like it's beyond straw yellow it's definitely golden yeah and the, i don't have any sediment but i have the my simpsons glass is a little smaller than your giant estrella glass um do you have any sediment on the bottom of yours you do i think i think it said something about sediment oh did it uh may may appear but all right well I've got more. I've made room in my glass, so let me <laughs> let me fill up above Lenny and Carl's head here. Oh nope, I just got to Lenny and Carl's chest. Bart's drowning now, <laughs> and so is Millhouse. Ironically, it definitely got a little hazier once I poured in my whole can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my can had. Oh, there's one little piece of sediment. So my can was not very sediment heavy. Okay, so I here's a a peek behind the scenes of uh, the operations at. Crack and went open. I think I'm thinking of the other beer that I did the the my research on at, on the same day as this beer, and that other one definitely says, says that, got yeah things, sediment okay. may appear. So yeah, this one definitely doesn't have sediment, although it did get hazy as I poured in the rest of my can, mm-hmm. which actually matches yours. Now that I think about it, yeah, but it's definitely still golden, maybe yeah. a little less so because it's a little but thicker, no visible but sediment bits. No, which is nice because honestly, eh. I'm getting sick of people putting sediment at the bottom of their beer going, yeah, it's what people want. Yeah, sediment. If you want sediment at the bottom of your glass, you are a poser. You are a uh, you are a hipster. You are what make beer connoisseurs. Just go bad. drink some kombucha. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who has kombucha like five days a week. So <laughs> it's just come on. No one wants the sediment at the bottom of a glass. If you can take it out, take it out. It doesn't add to it. And it does, in fact, detract somewhat at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm calling out. I'm calling out sediment now. That's right. I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> if you don't quite have the operation where you can, fine. But if you're a big time operation and you got sediment in the bottom of your glass. Yeah, but at the same time, mm. there, there are breweries like Switchback where they don't filter any of their beers. It's all naturally conditioned, um, naturally fermented. That's fine. And if that's your so whole, that, if that's your, if that's whole, your whole stick, yeah, then that's fine. But if you're a big brewery, like, and I'm, I'm not saying that I know for, I don't know if I've ever had a two rows with firm, with sediment on the bottom. But I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. say like, if you're like a, probably not, if you're like a two roads or Sierra Nevada, or you know, a big brewery like that, like a, a craft brewery, but distributes well over ten states, yeah. At this point, you putting sediment on the bottom of one or two of your beers 
you're just trying. Yeah, it's just the hype. To, to hype up that sediment is some kind of great thing. Sediment's gross. It makes your last sip thick and weird. Yeah. It, no, it makes your last sip unsippable. Yeah. Is what it is. The rest of the beer is fine, but that last sip is gross. And it's really wholly unappetizing to look at. Yeah. Despite what some people might say. That's it. That's my hot take. That's my episode 100 hot take. There you go. Sediment ain't nothing. Sediment ain't <laughs> hashtag, shit. Hashtag sediment sucks. <laughs> I'm calling it out. From here on out, episode 200 and above, sediment, I'm no longer your friend. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 200 above. Well, you, you think we're going to make it another two, two three years? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> We record this maybe and drink the, beer. It's pretty easy to do this podcast. Maybe maybe if we get more recommendations and interviews. And oh my God, please like, subscribe, and, and contact us. If you want an interview, please please let us know. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Hold on, let me sip. Let me get another sip now that it's all sedimenty. Or not sedimenty. Now that it's all hazy. Now that I got the full glass like you did. It did change. It did change putting in the full can as opposed to the partial can that I did. Oh, really? Okay. So I'm coming from it differently, having poured the whole can yeah. all at first. I like this better. This, this is, I like this better, actually. Oh, even better than before. Even and better before than before. you had a rave review. And I liked it before. The resin notes are all was, on the yeah, bottom. The resin is heavier. So the resiny part of the beer is on the bottom of the can. So... This needed a taller can than what I have right now. This is probably a 16 ounce yep. glass and this, these are the 20 ounce cans. Uh, but obviously you had no choice but to use your Simpsons themed oh, glass. Of course I have. That. No, <laughs> cho- no choice. No choice. Uh, Krusty's looking at me judgmentally. He knows. <laughs> no choice. Uh, um, it's... Also, I'm wearing my Duff tank top right oh, now. Oh yeah, you are. Completely so incidentally. I am, I am absolutely ready for this. This was completely by accident. I was just wearing my Duff tank up. <laughs> the resin note calms down that pineapple burn a little bit. Again, the burn affects me more than most people, I think, because I'm really sensitive. You to are, yes, yeah, super sensitive. Uh, but it does. But calm it's a that good down. indicator for our fellow listeners that have heartburn to be like, oh, okay, oh yeah, <laughs> taking <absolutely>. a tums. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ooh, should I do that? Give it a Tums rating? A Tums rating? <laughs> this is four Tums. Four out of five Tums. <laughs> so with the full glass poured, your pineapple is still there, but the burning kind of citrusy note of the pineapple mm-hmm. that like, because pineapple is a very acidic fruit. Yeah. It's oh, got which, enzymes. Yeah, it's it's got, got that bromelain. Oh, yeah, it's, bromelain. Got, it's got that, those bromelain enzymes. Where did we learn about that? Was it on another podcast episode for the beer or was it while we were cooking something or making a... I don't know. Was it, while we, was it when we were trying to figure out how to make a Dole Whip? Yes, I think so. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, it's it's a super acidic fruit. And you lose some of that once you put the whole glass and you get these resiny notes, which is probably, again, more of the Denali, mm-hmm. more of maybe even that hearty 9647241 hop. <laughs> 3.14159. Yeah, I just imagine like <laughs> thousand locked doors opening as they go to grab five hops to give to each brewer. Yeah. <laughs> Going through a retinal scanner at the end. Uh, it's smoother. So I do think it's smooth now. Okay. It's resinier. Yes. More resiny. 
I found that the resin increased as I got down. Like right now I'm at half a glass and I feel like the resin is more pronounced. When, yeah, you're basically at the same point. Right. Yeah. I just didn't pour it in at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I get a lot of those resiny notes. I get a lot of that sweetness. I get a lot of that smoothness that you were getting at the beginning now. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you're going to get and everything's coming up pineapple, <laughs> pour the whole glass into a tall glass or, you know, roll your can. Yeah. Roll your, Yeah, exactly. If you don't, if you don't have a, a tall glass, then roll your can. Yeah. If you don't have a tall glass, roll your can. So it doesn't explode when you open it. Don't shake your can. Just roll your can. Make sure everything's all combined and then open up your can and drink from the can. Um, my glass was shorter, so I missed out on a couple of sips. I think I missed out a little bit, but. On some notes. I do agree with you now. Yes, it is very smooth with that light carbonation, which still kind of bites you a little bit like, wow, but in a good way. I still think this is a little too heavy to have a bunch of. Yeah. But if I was on a summer, like I was saying before, I do think. If I was on a sunny summer deck, like if it was nice outside right now, it's kind of about the storm. Yeah. I was sitting on my deck earlier. It was sunny. That it was cloudy, sunny, the cloudy. If it was still sunny on my deck and 80, like it was, I could maybe have two of these. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely. One of these would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, Akin to like uh, the tiki beers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like This is the perfect summertime beer, which is great because although it's September, and I have to remind everybody about this. It's still the fucking summer, summer until end. the end of September. Yeah. And fun when fact. We, when th- we were little, yeah. September is some is when summer ended. Kind of. But yeah, definitely not now. Uh, welcome to climate change. Mm. Man-made or not. No conspiracy theories here. Not <laughs> political. Just saying. It's happening. <laughs> and uh, with the weather getting warmer as, the, as later and later in the year, you know, as, as long as it's sunlight in September, it's summertime. You know, I just checked the weather channel for the rest of the month. Oh, yeah. And it's 80 degrees during the day, the entire month of September. Which yeah, means I was going to say, like, it, it pineapple dip- beer all the way. Yeah. You still have a whole other month for this beer. For sure. So if you're listening to this when this episode comes out, go find it. To be fair, though, just a heads up for our viewer, for our not viewers, listeners, the pineapple iteration of everything's coming up was originally came out a few months ago. The newest one that's um, coming up now is Mango. It, I don't think it's been released yet, but that's what's coming up the pike. That is still very summery. So yeah. go ahead and get some of that while yeah. you can. I would definitely try some of that. Oh, yeah. This if I, if really I see it, I'm good. definitely going to grab it. Uh, that's interesting because Mango is another one of those kind of fruits that's in the hop tastes. Exactly. I don't, is that what they do with everything's coming up? Mostly it's just fruits that are kind of hinted at within hops i don't know if that's why they choose the fruit that they feature but it does the the fruit changes with every iteration of it okay yeah everything's coming up i can't i can't remember the one that katie recommended to us last year yeah next time we see it we'll ask her yeah everything's coming up banana uh i'm interested in banana because we have a bunch of hefeweizens where banana is like a um a beer uh a note in that's true. What I just don't know how it would lend itself like to an IPA. an IPA. Yeah. Would that get lost? Would it work? Would it not work? I don't know. I mean, I love banana. Mm-hmm, me too. I really don't know if it would work in an IPA. I think it's really more of the Hefeweizen I don't know. notes. The, I don't know. The esters or whatever it is. So fun fact, we had a brewery in Connecticut that 
existed before it was cool to have a brewery in Connecticut called oh, yeah. SBC. We've definitely talked about it. It is before. now still a restaurant, but they no longer brew their own beer and most of them have shut down. SBC used to have a whole bunch of beers and one of them was an award-winning beer called Hydroponics. Mm -hmm. And it was a beer with notes of banana, but it wasn't a Hefeweizen. And I can't remember Are we sure what about that? kind of beer it was, but it was definitely not your typical Hefeweizen. Hmm. And I think that's why it won the awards it won was because it was such an interesting take on this particular beer. All right. So could a beer with banana be good? Was that an IPA? I don't know. Probably not an IPA because that was, was, again, before the time of crap brewery yeah. explosion in this the Northeast was like, here. Yeah, it, it was like mind blowing for us back back in the day to so. have a restaurant that brewed their own beer it was like what and they yeah. had like four or five mm -hmm. it was like that's cool no they don't they used to have an emergency telephone beer yep and the proceeds and they would for donate that, that to, don a charity. to a charity yep mm -hmm. don't do that anymore still a good restaurant though especially in yeah. our hometown of milford if you go there sbc is absolutely fantastic and Check the location out. is ideal Amazing. They're literally on like a historic river. Yeah. It's fantastic. You, one of the is that, windows is that looks the over a drop. Yeah. Okay. It's so cool. So cool. Yeah. And the bartenders are great. And the atmosphere is amazing. Yeah. You, you can't beat SBC. SBC is awesome. Anyway, want to talk about the can? Oh, I'd love to talk about the can. The Simpsons <laughs> can. Do, do, do. That's what it looks like. It looks like the opening of The Simpsons. It's the clouds parting. It's the same kind of cartoony clouds. A little sky different. They have, blue. They have uh, shadows in the bottom of the clouds, and the sky blue is a little different color, probably so they don't get sued by. I was going to say that has to be like Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have a mostly yellow font that says everything's coming up in a very similar to The Simpsons font, but not quite. So again, they don't get sued. And then it goes conditioned on pineapple in the same sense as the pineapple. A white band goes across the can and it's inside of it says New England style India pale ale brewed with pineapple. And the date of 621-21 is on these cans, yep. which I really like. They're not hiding when they brewed this beer. No. Or I when mean, they can this a beer. Lot of, a lot of breweries do stamp it on the bottom, but not usually right on the... Almost everybody stamps it on the bottom. Almost everybody has to. Yeah. But yeah, stamping it right on your right on your front, I like. It's a proof of freshness. It's a proof of sustainability of your yeah. beer. It's a proof of, hey, we're not trying to hide that this beer is bad or not. Mm -hmm. Like if you get this beer now, like it's September 8th when we're recording this. Mm -hmm. And this beer is still good. And it'll still be I, good for another month or two. Yeah, I was going to um, say but, it's it's definitely it's not as fresh as it should be ideally for us to drink. I think IPAs are technically best within the first like 60 days. Oh, the three if months. I'm, is it three months? Okay. So, we're, so we're right inside, we're right that window. inside the window. Yeah. So I think that's brave and I think that's good. Yeah. And I think that more breweries should be more upfront about that, mm -hmm. especially with craft breweries and stuff like that, where you're going to be in a liquor store competing for space, competing for people noticing you, especially. The brewery that we go to, or the brewery, the liquor store that you go to, there's so many beers that that it's great to be able to be like, hey, this one we got canned. Yeah. You want us? Great. If you don't want us, you're missing out. <laughs> I don't know. That's what that says to me. Mm -hmm. And the bottom says 7% alcohol volume. 
IBU 19, serve temp 45 by 50, just like Elise said, 16 fluid ounce, one pint can. So yeah, it's got all that information right up front as well. It's right on the front of the can, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. The top band, which Make is white above the, the standard breweries. <laughs> says Millhouse Brewing, which is actually a pretty small font. Like it, it's more like, hey, you like the Simpsons? You like pineapple? Oh, yeah. This is your beer. They're it's a marketing hinging. ploy. Yeah, they're hinging Absolutely. on your Simpsons love, which is awesome. And it worked. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then on the side of that band that has Millhouse Brewing, it just says rotational series uh, four times. This is a, a stick-on label. It's not a full heat-seeked uh, label to wrap around. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some glue marks, which is, yeah. When I see the glue marks, I'm like, ah, all right. I get it. I I'm not saying I could do any better. Damn, I was going to say. But <laughs> Get real judgmental over here. <laughs> the brew marks just show you're a craft brewery. I think the bigger you are, the better you're yeah. even your wraparound. Well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is also a brewing company that has a brew pub like adjacent to it. So they also do like restaurant stuff. You're making me really want to go to Millhouse. I I really want to go to Millhouse. <laughs> so Millhouse but Brewing Company, Poughkeepsie, New York. How far away is Poughkeepsie? Uh, more info at www.millhousebrewing.com is right on to the right of that label. And then MHBC logo is right next to the government warning. It's a weird like stamp kind of logo, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Does match the Simpsons theme, but maybe matches some of their other cans. Yeah. And then on the left, you get all the other information. Everything's coming logo. up. New England style IPA brewed with pineapple, 7% alcohol, not by no boil hops, over four pounds per barrel. Exactly what Elise said before. Fruit, pineapple, hops, El Dorado, Kohatu. That is not how I pictured you say, spelling it. <laughs> and Denali and the malts, Pilsner, white wheat, oats, and honey malt on the can, guys. Mm-hmm. The oats are on the can. The malts are on the can. That is so cool. I really would love I, if we got more info on on how malts affect beer. And I know I've yeah. said it a billion times. And I love getting this hop information from all these. <laughs> malts are just as important. So and this no is, one this fucking is why cares we, about this malt. This is why we need an angel investor to send me to beer school so that I can <laughs> learn about why these hops are important and how they affect the beer. No, I don't want to know about more about the hops. I want to know about the malts. No one cares about the malts, but the malts absolutely affect beer more than the hops do sometimes. Well, they affect the base of the beer. Absolutely. But yeah, like what what role, what other role do they play? Everything. There are some beers that have no hops or very little hops. Yeah. German beers, European beers, a lot of the old school beers played more with malts and their yeast and their all that kind of stuff than Mm -hmm. they did with their hops. They just used the noble hops and experimented with those. I think it's a big deal. And and like the oats part, like the flaked oats and all that mm-hmm. clearly affect the beer. Because when we have flaked oats, we're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that we like orgasm over, you know, oats, flaked oats means it adds in something any beer, different. Like it adds an amazing amount to these beers. Yeah. As much as hops do, because I get more excited if you say the word flaked oats than I would for any hop. Yeah. Except for like galaxy hops. Because I, I love you love you some galaxy, galaxy hops. <laughs> uh, but as soon as you flaked o- you say flaked oats, I wake up like a dog with its ears pointed up looking around. Yep. Play, 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 like flaked hops. I think it oats. adds that it's a unique sweetness without being saccharin. It's cereal milk. It's and it's awesome. 
that's my description of flake totes. Yeah. It always has like the cereal milk kind of flavor to it, yeah. which I love. Yeah. But this beer does not have that, which is fine because that's not what this beer is trying to be. This beer is awesome. It's fantastic. This and is yes, a this if you is still a fantastic one hundredth beer, one hundredth episode beer. Buy more of this. If you see the mango, buy it, baby. Yeah. Like obviously let's not do a podcast on it because we just did the same kind of beer. Yeah, but exactly. But, let's let's buy it and drink but it. But to try it. I mean, it for science, right? For science, for the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this beer is great, guys. And if you like IPAs, or even if you don't like IPAs, and you want to get into it, if you like tropical flavors, if you're yes. a fan of pineapple, if you're a fan of pineapple tiki drinks, yeah, you would probably dig this. This is super tropical. And in a non-fake way, because it's actually got pineapple, this actually might lead you into... Yeah, this is legit pineapple flavor. Because like the tiki beer we did from Thomas Hooker Mm -hmm. is very similar to this, but it's all fake. Well, not fake. Not fake, but it's all... It's hops that mimic the the interpret. Yeah. This you don't interpret, but this will lead you into that world because those hops where we interpret those flavors that we always talk about Mm -hmm. and people might go, oh, that's, that's BS. That's no way. This is pretty close. Yep. And if this is pretty close and it's straight up pineapple, then the ones that say they're pineapple are pretty. It's it's so close, guys. Yeah. Just try it. You won't regret it. You won't. It's amazing. So this is the hundredth episode, baby. Yeah. Before we close out, mm-hmm. like we did for our Forgotten Cinema show when we did our hundredth episode, how do you think the podcast is going? What would you like to see more of? What do you not like as much? Oh my God, that's too, already too many questions. And what are some of the standout beers, if you can remember any of the standout beers, or what is the standout type of beers, or what has has kind of changed for you in terms of your beerness as we've gone into these episodes? Oh Lord. Okay. Let's re- Okay. What was the first question again? <laughs> um, I would love to do more episodes where we have some interaction with the brewers. Mm hmm. Or the brewery itself. Um, that's always a lot more fun. I Not that I don't mind doing the research by myself. But to have their input is phenomenal. Um, and especially having like interviews. Whether it's in person or Zoom. We're totally down where we're going. I, I just. I want to kind of break away from the monotony of. Not that this is not including this particular beer. I want to break away from the monotony of the new England IPA. I want, I'm hoping that our stores might have something more to offer us. Oh, don't worry, baby. <laughs> Mr. International is coming. <laughs> <laughs> At least just tasked me with two beers guys. And, uh, I'm going to deliver. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> um, and what I would like to see, I mean, obviously more, New Zealand uh, hops because they're quickly becoming, I think, both of our like darlings. Oh, absolutely. They're so unique. They're so interesting. They're so. But what's interesting is they're basically New Zealand versions of German hops. And then we have our own version of the German. It's like everyone has their own version. What I like with the New Zealand hops is they're very more, much more West Coast. Hops. Okay, yeah. And I think that you they're, a little, they're that, lighter, they're citrusy. Yeah. I and I think you, without being as outspoken about it, are super into the West Coast IPA right now. 
yeah. super into that kind of, of mode. We're not tired of New England IPAs because our fridge is filled with New England IPAs. <laughs> but it's nice to have a change. We love that there's a change. We love that there are these new beers out there. We love that the West Coast has finally hit the East Coast. And, mm-hmm. and the West Coast IPAs have probably been around as long as the East Coast IPAs. And we're just now finding them. Yeah. And they're so different in their own unique ways while being somewhat similar in terms of bitterness and all that. That is just something that we really want. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. 100%. Was there another question that I left unanswered? <laughs> I can't remember. You can go along with me. I... I I think oh, these, what my my favorite oh god oh, my, yeah. fa- my favorite beers no I would I would have to look back through our it, itinerary it's a it's all a blur to me so many beer too many beers so many beers I've done the research for a hundred different beers Over I can't beers. yeah at this point yeah <laughs> between all of the the combination episodes that we did probably close uh, to like 120 six pack series tm 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 uh I would say. I'll have an answer for you next episode. I That's guess. 101. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm <you>. just kidding. <laughs> um, I would say I think this podcast is going pretty well. I think what we need is, yes, like you said, more interviews, more interaction with the brewers, more interaction with the fans. The fans need to interact with us as well. That's not let saying, us like, know what you want to hear if you about. If you're not somebody who interacts, that's fine. But go ahead and do it if you listen. Let us know what beer you want us yeah. to talk about and we'll try DM to DM us on it. Instagram. Yeah. Be like, hey, check this beer out or check this brewery out or like, We not, you know. might not be able to find it, but if you but recommend we'll it, we will do our best to find it. We will absolutely. Or like you said, yeah, like DM us somebody. I think we need to do more interviews with breweries. Although it's been tough with the pandemic. I think that's why a lot yeah. haven't gotten back to us. Um, earlier this year, I did email Or a like bunch. last year, we we were doing so many podcasts where where they were like oh you know we got response back from the breweries and they were like thank you for for doing this maybe you can swing by when it when quote unquote this is all over which is right like, like a still a giant question mark <laughs> <laughs> so basically what it is is we need to do zooms with people yeah like people need to get on the board with zooms or you know yes like you said it's still a giant question mark but most brewers don't get back to us unfortunately yeah and I would love for us to have them get back to us in terms of answering, but maybe don't, they don't have a marketing department or they're shy or they don't know about our podcast and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think a hundred episodes is we've suddenly, we've reached a milestone where that's yeah. a big thing we're, we can we're say. We're here to stay. Yeah. Like, we're a hundred episodes. We're not going anywhere. And the types of beer. I love doing IPAs. I think we need to do more interesting types of beer. Yeah. We just, we need again, more stouts. we, we, we need, need more, more information Pilsners. from the breweries to, more to be able to do these episodes. International beers. We're always going to be beholden to the Northeast. That's just the fact. Um, yeah. But I think that that's great. I think that uh, we've done some amazing beers, amazing stuff. I love going over that. I love that some beers give you the IBUs, the malts, stuff yeah. like that. I think we always appreciated a rev- maybe an episode where we just go over malts. Maybe we don't, drink a beer to review for the episode. Maybe mm-hmm. we drink our favorite beer. And we just go over what malts and hops are and just kind of go over like, Hey, here's like an episode on hops. Yeah. Because no one really is going to tell us about their hops and how that affects the beer. So at least he's drinking this. I'm drinking this. So this episode is kind of brought to you by these two breweries, but <laughs> we're just going to talk malts and do an episode on malts. Yeah. Uh, and I also think we should do more video stuff, which we'll be doing during universal and stuff like that. Yeah. In terms of my favorite beers. I think summer and spring ale from back east mm-hmm. are 
absolutely astounding. Tops for you. I think that Wicked Bueno mm-hmm. was a game changer for me. Absolutely. And I've been, and I think I've been for keeping you my well. eye out for that ever since. I've been <laughs> checking the, their website. Ever that since. Mexican lager with the flaked oats had that cerealness to it and yep. like a Mexican lager lightness to it. Uh, I'm not talking Corona, guys. I'm talking good, solid beer, which we did in our, our Mexican lager episode, actually, mm-hmm. for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Is a lot of those kind of beers. And those flaked oats in that cerealness, in that light beer flavor, really kind of changed my mind about those beers that I had started drinking when I first turned 21. Like a oh lot of people God, did yeah. and started just drinking Coronas. That's how you start off drinking beers, basically, is Coronas. And realizing that there's a better beer out there. There's a similar type of beer and style of lightness mm-hmm. and flavor. And I think that those have been some of my favorites. Yeah. I love us doing the six pack series. I love the pumpkin beer series, obviously, because I love pumpkin beers. <laughs> Which hopefully we'll be able to do with like a different selection this year. I hope so. I've I've seen a couple of new ones pop up. Yeah. So hopefully we can find six of them by the time our six pack series Halloween episode kind of comes up. If not, we'll see what we can do. Halloween. We'll yeah. do a Halloween theme, obviously, but yeah, we'll see what we do. But obviously those are fun. Our Christmas episode was great. Finding those winter beers. Mm-hmm. Those I love. I think we should do more six pack series. I think we should do more deep international dives into stuff. International yeah, beers. Deep dives, yeah. But again, it's up to the fans and the breweries to let us do more national type stuff. Yeah. To really get more West Coast, more Washington, Oregon, um, Missouri, you know, states that are nowhere near Connecticut that yeah, we can actually unfortunately, do. like we don't we don't have the mean you Pan- pandemic aside we can't fly it's not, everywhere yeah it's not like we have the means to, to fly everywhere to, yeah so but with your help and your sponsorage and patronage we can get ad money and that ad money can pay us to do that but Woo-hoo. until then please you know send us some beer let us know if the beer is available in connecticut where or just it is, suggest some beer and suggest some beer and we'll find we'll find it i also think and this is going to be sound terrible sacrilegious we should do an episode about budweiser about Coors. fuck that no about miller no we should just kind of i think the historical context of the companies Uh, would be a very interesting episode kind of like we do with her guinness just in terms of his history i guess no one hates those beers more than me but i think that that would be an interesting look at these big beers and how they went from small-time craft breweries to where they are because who knows, Sierra Nevada might be the next, you know, 100 years might end up becoming big beer. Yeah. Who knows? I suppose. Coors had their chance. <laughs> they said, fuck you to Cascade. My daddy loves Coors Light. <laughs> might be the first episode of this show he actually listens to. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Anyway. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning into our hundredth episode. <laughs> and if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Crack and One Open, or just shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we want to hear from you. Ooh. Ooh. What do you got to plug? 
Please check out my audiobooks at audible.com. Michael Butler, I'm listed under. I have a bunch of books, Sour, Coffee at Midnight, Progressive Entrapment, The Final Girl. Those are all horror stories. Coffee at Midnight and Progressive Entrapment are anthology books. Progressive Entrapment is more of a gross out book. So please, if you have a strong stomach only. Uh, Sour is kind of like an Evil Dead meets Appalachian Southern Horrors fairy tale. It's really good. I do a bunch of accents. That's kind of fun to do. Uh, the Final Girl is like a 1980s slasher movie come to life. That's fun to do. I've also got uh, The Murder of Kelly Christopher. It's like a podcaster tries to figure out where one of his favorite horror actresses disappeared to after making horror movies. It's not a horror book, but it is a mystery. It is a kind of book about growing up, which I think is really cool. And I'm very proud of that book. Uh, I also have... Switch Art Fraud and Gangsters, which is kind of like a British gangster Guy Ritchie novel. I do a bunch of British accents. It's really fun. I don't write any of these books. I just kind of narrate them and tell the story. But I think being more of a I'm an actor. So I think the fact that I have an actor's background and not just like, hey, you have a radio voice. You should do books gives me an advantage in the book space. I do voices. I do accents. I emote. I think you'll find my books entertaining, or at least I hope you will. And I don't make a penny off of them unless you buy them. So please do me a favor. Go to Audible and buy those books. I've also got Forgotten Cinema. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's a Forgotten Entertainment's, I guess, flagship show. Uh, it's a podcast about forgotten films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about it. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem uh, that is available at forgotten forgottenentertainment.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I've also got two player bros, a show I did with my buddy Dave, uh, occasionally my brother Alex, sometimes just me, where we talked about thing all things video game related playstation xbox pc vr nintendo we had it all we played it all and that's available also wherever you get your podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and then this show do it all guyentertainment.com and a special thanks for our theme which was composed and performed by joe reichert until next time to the next 100 Ooh, cheers i'm having trouble connecting shut up siri <sighs> Cheers again. To the next 100. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Millhouse. <laughs>